Blog Talk Radio. I was eating junk. I had just had two children back to back. I used to not be able to get on the ground. I never, ever daily exercise. Before, if I'd get down, I'd need a chair or something to help me get back up. I was 84 pounds heavier at one time. I was always a big dude, but I couldn't move around. That all changed when they met Diamond Dallas Page. Started doing yoga, man. I started doing a, a thing called DDP yoga. It's Nacho Mama's yoga. WCW heavyweight champion, known for his signature move, the Diamond Cutter. Diamond Cutter! took what he learned recovering from an injury and years in the ring and created DDP Yoga. Working out combined with the eating habits, it was a huge difference. I felt so much better. It's a lot of fun for me because I never used to be able to be active. Now I'm, I'm, I'm on the floor, I'm rolling around, it's, it's pretty cool. More than importantly, I just want to be alive. I'm down about 110 pounds. DDP Yoga can work for anyone. DDP. DDP. Radio. Well, hello, my fellow DDPY Warriors. What is up? It is Wednesday night. It is 9 p.m. where I currently reside here on the 184th floor of the DDP Radio Megaplex in beautiful Raleigh, North Carolina. And if I look out my window and if I look to the great white north, if I strain really hard, and I uh, point that laser disc that's coming out of that satellite beam towards the Canadian mountains on the top of Mount Ontario inside of a hollowed-out tree, broadcast my broadcast partner <laughs> herself, the one and only, she's the Canadian quote master, the lovely, the talented, the co-host to my co-host, uh, Crystal Stewart. How are you? I'm really well, thank you. I think all the laughter from tonight's show is going to spark an avalanche, so just saying. Oh, well, I hear that you you got a, a little bit of snow up there, huh? A little bit, little bit. Well, we, we were talking about this uh, off stage because you're all, we're always trying to think of some cottage industry or some scheme we can get ourselves into. If there's a way to market <laughs> that, like when life gives you snow, make snow cones, like that guy who would fill up water bottles in the bathtub and made like Evian water or something. I think we can find a market <laughs> for the snow cone, so. Uh, we'll we'll oh, figure it out. It's got to be. Uh, it's got to fit the. It's got to fit the lifestyle and the diet uh, of DDPY. But maybe we can make a custom crystal sure. uh, Canadian snow cones or something and, and hawk them to some people uh, somewhere. Amen. But anyways, um, first of all, I want to make an apology to our guest because we postponed him a few times. The first time was uh, in, in December, and then last time we were to both decided we're both thinking it, but none of us wanted to say it. But we all wanted to take the night off to watch the big DDP return on Wednesday night, AEW TV. So we did. We enjoyed it. We watched it. Hell of a show. But now he is here. He came with demands, and I have an apology to make because I told him the show was being hosted by somebody other than myself just to get him to come. And he jumped at the chance to come once he heard I wasn't here. But I'm here. I lied to you, and I blackmailed you, and I used you and I uh, (laughs) just to get you on the show. So – I don't regret it because it's going to be a lovely show, and I'd like to introduce our guest. You know him from just everything, everywhere. You know, I don't even have to introduce him. He's Garrett. He's from the DDPY Performance Center. He is I, the, the unofficial mayor of the DDPY Performance Center. Garrett Sakahara, how are you? Hi, Garrett. Thank you for the warm, warm welcome. Although, I mean, I'm a professional. I know how to adapt around these things, so I will – 
continue to do this because you're on there, but just know that this is all for Crystal. <laughs> oh, you're so sweet. Well, uh, I, well I, I love Crystal. I love Crystal, and I didn't want to disappoint her. So, Aww. I love you too. We, we thank you for we thank you for taking the time, man. And just because you're being so kind, we actually had ulterior motives. So I'm going to put away the <laughs> dossier that I've been handed by Tony Mosier. We're going to do a whole big episode exposing all your nonsense over the years. So I'm going to tear this <laughs> up right here, and uh, we're going to actually do a real episode now for you being so kind. Ouch, ouch. And you know what? Between you and Nathan Mowry, you guys give Tony Moser way too much love, to be completely honest. <laughs> well, first of all, uh, birds of a feather. And I got to tell you, I see so much of myself in Tony, and I see so much of myself in you. And they say that opposites uh, attract. I don't think so, because I feel like you and I have so much in common, and I kind of saw that in the first the first time we met, it was like the mega powers colliding. You walked towards me in a, what was it, like a Barry Manilow or like a Richard Marks t-shirt or something ridiculous. And I'm like, well, that's was my Lionel guy Richie. right there. Lionel Richie. Yeah, Lionel Richie. Lionel Richie. Lionel but, Richie. Um, <laughs> no, to be honest, man, you're one of my favorite people in the world. And uh, I got to tell you, I got to give him a little bit of an update on your story, too, because when you first started, you know, you've come, we forget how long that you've been involved you know, you came out from California, and I know you were in a band, and I everyone tells me they're in a band, and, you know, okay, whatever, you're in a band. But, like, I listened to your stuff a while back, and you didn't tell me you were in a good band. Like, everyone's in a band. You guys were, like, really legitimately good. And you can check them out on iTunes, by the way, AM Session. They're actually really, really good. And you had a little thing going there. You guys were getting a little buzz, getting a little steam out in California. And uh, can you just run people through the real quick scenario of how you met DDP and kind of – came over here to uh, start your uh, next chapter. Yeah, sure. So um, I was in a band for about uh, eight, nine years. And, uh, you know, it was great. It's one of the best times of my life. I mean, I feel like I have definitely different chapters in my life. And being on the road and recording albums and everything, you know, we, we didn't make it that big. We weren't famous or anything like that. But we were able to fund our own tours. We were able to fund our own albums. And, it was great. I mean, to ride in a van with your, uh, with your brothers and just go from town to town and everything like that. It was, it was amazing. It was exactly what I wanted to do. And, you know, the band came to an end and, uh, it was, it was tough because music was my life. And it's just kind of crazy that within that, within like a six month window of when the band was going to break up and when I was out of the band is when I met Dallas. Uh, we we were both living in L.A. and um, met him through the famous, infamous Tony Moser and uh, my other buddy Marco. And um, they they asked Dallas, can we have one of our buddies, Garrett, come over for dinner? And Dallas said, is he a weird wrestling fan? <laughs> and I go, and they said, well, he loves wrestling, but no, he's he's pretty normal. Um, I guess so. I guess they lied to, lied to him and everything like that. So they had me over <laughs> for, for dinner one night. And Dallas, you know, I'm like, wow, like Diamond Dallas Page. And he cooked this amazing gluten-free meal. And after the meal and everything like that, he asked me, are you happy with your weight? And about that time, I'm probably around 395, right around 400. And I'm like, of course not. And then he, said, long story short, he gave me the program for free. He gave me the disc for free and said, if you do it, you know, you can have these for free. So took pictures with them and everything like that, went home and, 
had a great night, posted about it on social media, and then I let those workouts sit on my desk for about two weeks until I got a, a blocked call from him saying, bro, are you doing the workouts? And I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah, they're awesome doing them. I'm totally doing them. So he's like, meet me in the park, and we'll do the workout. So I did. I met him out there, and I lasted no more than 10 minutes. And he goes, okay. Yeah. He goes, so do you want to do it now? And I said, yeah. And over, you know, over the course of that, it's like we, we became friends. Like I was doing HR at Toys R Us, which I know everyone like laughs at me that I wasn't actually in HR just because how I act and everything like that. But I was HR for Toys R Us for my day job. I was doing the band stuff. And, um, you know, but if Dallas was like, had to do PR tours or like just circuit stuff and everything like that, I would drive him around and he would always do something really cool for like me. I sat in on Piper's podcast with him you know, he took me to a Mick Foley stand-up show, you know, he would just do things just out of friendship. And I thought that was really cool. So um, in the course of like 10 months, I lost a hundred pounds. And in that period of time is when he moved back to Atlanta to really start focusing on uh, the resurrection of Jake the snake. And so every once in a while, he would still call me up. How you doing, bro? And let me tell you the update with Jake and everything. And I had met Jake out in LA with them. And, you know, Jake is like, was amazing to hang around with just ridiculous, just a bunch of antics and everything like that. And, um, um, at one point Dallas said, I want you and uh, Tony Moser to come out for an extended weekend and stay with us at the crib. Like, Oh man, this is amazing. And at that point, it's literally just Dallas, Scott and Jake there. So, I mean, it's just like for a wrestling fan to go over there, so we went over there and saw how the operation worked and everything like that. And I, I guess what it was is they were kind of testing us, seeing how we were around, you know, the talent, how we were, how we acted, how we, you know, handled ourselves and everything like that. So after when we got home, it was a couple months later, um, I got a call uh, from Dallas saying I talked it over with Steve Yu and we wanted to know if you wanted to come out and take a job with us, finish out your journey. And you know, my immediate thought is absolutely, but my dad at the time was going through, um, you know, he, he had like heart problems and everything and, you know, essentially waiting for a heart transplant. And it was the hardest decision because I'm such a family person. And um, I always, always the guy that all my friends left Southern California, but I was always the guy that everyone's like, no, you're going to be in Southern California for the rest of your life. But my parents and I spoke about it and they're just like, you got to go despite whatever my dad's condition was, you got to go. And in my heart, I knew I had to, but it was hard for me to leave the family and everything. So um, I think they offered it to me in October and I finally made my way out there uh, cross country drive. And I got there January 6th for my first day. And that was, and I'm always going to remember that day. It's going to be the day that Jake returned to raw. And um so being able to work a full shift and they're like, oh, Dallas is going to be on old school raw. Do you want to stay and hang out? Sure. I know nobody out here except for the people in this house. So sure. So I hung out with all of them and they had the cameras on. They're like, yeah, we just want to get everyone's reaction for Dallas's return. And I go, where's Jake? And they go, oh, he's just running late. And then, you know, he shows up on camera and everything like that. And I just knew from that day on that what, a, what it's going to be a, a, a roller coaster ride of a job to work here and everything. So um, 
that got me to this point. So, you know, fast forward to now, um, you know, January 6th, 2020, I, I just reached, I'm starting year six now for the company, which is kind of mind blowing. So wow. that's, that's where we're at right now. That's it's insane. That's amazing. It, now to clarify something real quick, I love, cause when you started with Dallas, it was, it was so bare bones. You met him, you go, he used to do the workout in the park on California. And I got to say, you can bullshit your way through a lot on social media, but you can't bullshit yeah. yourself when you're face to face with DDP in a park one on one and telling him you've been doing the workouts because that's a true lie detector right there. <laughs> and you know he, <laughs> he focused it on, on, you know. So uh, that that's really cool. But uh, he obviously took you under his wing. He saw something in you. He brought you over. You're a super creative person anyway. And I think it's kind of cool that, that the job that you initially started, you talked about how your love was music and you're, you've, you've done a lot of creating. You and Tony put together all these uh, skits and segments and all this filming stuff. And in the time you've been here, GDPY has, has blossomed into almost a multimedia fitness music extravaganza, live events. So it's under, you know, I'm sure with your help and, and cooperation and everything you know, going on with everyone working together down there, it's expanded so much. So it almost encompasses all of your, your loves and creative outlets in one place. And I'm sure you didn't see that coming when you first accepted the job. Yeah. I think, you know, Moser or uh, Dallas loved Moser. And as far as like letting them create like some videos and stuff like that for him and everything like that, he really enjoyed that. And he knew that that was kind of the background I'm I'm like the jack of all trades. There wasn't like one specific thing that I was amazing at. I just felt like I was really decent at a lot of things. And I felt like if you threw something at me, I could learn relatively quick and then just go from there. And I, I think coming in and having the production team and having it so tight knit and everything and the collaborations that there was no egos, that everyone just wanted to have a good time. Everybody wanted fun content. Everybody wanted to just not have it be a workout, you know, program and everything like that, just to have like, you know, that back in the day it was the crib crew, you know, and, and, and we would do, you know, funny sketches, really short stuff and everything like that, just for fun, just to amuse ourselves. And it, it, it got kind of a following. And even now, like when Dallas and I will talk, he's just looking at me as, as since I'm a certified instructor now. And he's just like, did you ever think you'd be a certified instructor? I said, no. And he goes, but he goes, you know what I see? He goes, I love the fact that you're helping change people's lives and, like, you're doing a workout program. But he goes, you're still entertaining. He goes, you're still, like, when you're at the PC, like, I make sure if we work out, we have fun. We all have to work out. There are some days we don't want to work out. But if we're all together, let's have fun. And and, and he's right. And that's something that, like, I really – I really cherish in the fact that, I mean, I, I still, now I have a lot of creative things that I want to do and stuff that I've not done before and stuff that I want to do. But even for the time being, like, even if I'm doing stuff that's more PR or more social media or marketing stuff and everything like that, that it's like, I'm still able to have that entertain, entertaining side to me because that's what I love doing. So Garrett, I have a quick question. Um, sorry, Mike. Sure. Um, Oh no! Go ahead. Do you? What's it? Have you have you gotten used to people knowing who you are, but you don't know who everyone is? Like at Summit, people must come up to you and say, "Oh, hi, Garrett. How are you?" Um, have you gotten used to that yet? Because you're so out there. 
you know what? It, it's funny because I talk about this just recently and everything because um, there's a point to where, yes, I understand. But, but I think when, you, when I did some acting and I was in a band, we, weren't, we never got recognized. I always took the approach, and I, I think I really appreciated that about Dallas. Like, Dallas will never turn down an autograph or take a picture. And I always said that if I ever became famous or anything like that, that's there are responsibilities to doing that. Because as right. growing up right. as a kid, when I met the celebrities or people that I idolized or I saw and everything like that, not to say that I'm not that stature, but, like, if I were to ever become, like, that A-lister or whatever, like, I would always make sure I appreciate that people would recognize me, would want to talk to me, would want an autograph, would want a picture and everything like that. So I, I would always like look at Dallas and be like, man, I, if I ever got to that opportunity, I would definitely make sure I would make somebody's day rather than be like, man, that guy was a jerk, you know? And so like now to not have success when it came to being in acting and in music, but now to be quote unquote, a fitness instructor for a company and, it is kind of a weird thing. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm a humble guy. I don't, I think coming from and Mullins, you know, this because we both had time in Southern California. I, I have such a thing where I hate, you know, the beautiful people and you have the, the really self-entitled arrogant and just, I'm so important than more important than you. So it's just like, I have that trigger where I will never be like that ever, you know? And so I think when people recognize me and everything like that, like on the Jericho cruise, it really blew me away. How many people came up to me and were just like, Oh my God, take red headband just in passing or Jared. Or, right. You know, I, I go so actually when I met uh, Mark Willis, he's the manager of Fozzie. When I met him in person, the first thing he came up to me, he shook my hand. He goes, you're Garrett Sakahara. I go, yeah. He goes, I hate you. I go, wow. <laughs> And he goes, I can't stand balanced workouts. And he goes, and your workouts are too long on the app. He goes, I'm requesting a 30-minute workout with no balance. I said, you got it. I go, will you stop hating me? He goes, yes. But I, I think it's, but it's one of those things to where, and I talk about it with Hayden. I talk about it with Christina. I talk about it with, you know, the old, you know, the old school people, the people that I looked up to when I started getting into the program. And I'm just like, it's such a weird thing. And it's just like, you talk about it with, I talk about it with some of my friends back home. And it's like, whatever, dude, you're Garrett. You're an idiot. You know? And it's like, and when I go home, I just want to be Garrett the idiot. You know, I don't, I, I feel like there definitely is a responsibility to representing the company and everything like that. And I, I just think it's, it's such a cool, flattering thing. It really is. So it's just like, so to answer your question, I'm, I, I'm still not used to it because it still surprises me. But it's just it, – it's so gratifying. It's so cool. And, you know, when people come into the PC and they're just like, yeah, you know, oh, my God. Like, and, you know, but, like, it, 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 it really is cool. It's, it's definitely a really cool thing. Well, one of the highlights when I went to Georgia was meeting you, so. <laughs> Aw. Don't worry. She says I that mean, to all the guys. That, you no, know, I, I don't. Just, I thought, I'm just kidding. <laughs> she even said it's a Macadoo. I love Macadoo. Maca who? Maca who? 
Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm Stop just it. kidding. No, I just don't <laughs> believe it because Crystal was the one that everyone was like. She was like, you know, screw Garrett, screw Dallas, everybody. Crystal was like superstar walking in to when she walks into the performance center. So I can't even talk. Oh, nope, yeah, no, for sure. Even. I mean, people nope. marked out for Crystal. And, again, for me, it's like all I'd ever had was social media or email correspondence with her. So it was it was a treat to finally get to meet her and give her that big bear hug, you know, because it was just like it was a long time coming. But, yeah, no, I mean, yeah. and, and, of course, she's, she's Canadian, so she's a sweetheart, and she's super humble. But, like, no, you were definitely a superstar that year you came in, for sure. Oh, good Lord. I'm just me. It, well, you know, you you kind of you know you, you touched on that a little bit, Garrett. You know how much your 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 personalities out there and, and you people who get to know you. And obviously, if you're looking at a picture of a bunch of people, the guy in the pink bunny suit's going to stand out, or the guy with all these eccentric, <laughs> crazy getups. You do, but I also want to say this too because I don't think it's recognized enough. You know, they see all the wacky stuff you're posting on Facebook, but they don't see underneath the surface how hard you guys work. Right. And, and as hard as you guys right. have fun and, and party and create and be goofballs, about 30 times harder you guys are, are nose to the grindstone working your ass off. And that's the stuff a lot of people don't see. And for you to be able to balance that goofiness and that fun side and let it be shown and let it be seen with how hard you work uh, is, is, is a skill in itself. And I'm sure it's something you had to kind of, uh, hone over the years time when to have fun and when to knuckle down and we got to get stuff done yeah and I, I think coming from an hr background uh you know working for toys r us um there was always that notion of h all hr are the enemy they're the snitches they're the people that you don't want to goof off in front of and i was definitely a good cop because our, our our volume store was so big that we had two hr people and i was the good cop but, like, my whole policy, whether I was in management, whether I was just an associate or whatever we did or anything in all the jobs I ever had, get all your work done. And if you get all your work done, have fun. But make sure you get exactly. all your work done. You know, so it's just like we have agendas. We have things that we, deadlines that we need to do. Make sure you don't drop the ball. But, man, I, I love to have a fun work environment. It just makes you – you know, it makes you want to stay there longer. It makes you willing to, they ask you to do things and, but you're able to have fun while doing it. Then you're willing to stay, you know, if it's such like a, yeah, yeah. a toxic place and it's negativity and everything like that, man, you are watching that clock waiting for it to get to that time when you're ready to go and then you're out of there, you know? So, um, and, and, and you're right. It, it is, it is a balance. You have to make sure that you get everything done and everything like that. But, and, and I think it, it changed when we opened up the performance center because now when you're at the performance center, obviously you have clientele around. I mean, but again, I'm not going to be such a straight arrow professional person. Like I just want to have fun. And then, but you have to also make sure like there's, there's cameras on you at times too. So you're quote unquote on. So I tell you what, though, I mean, as much as it's fun and everything like that, by the time I get home at the end of the day, if I'm teaching like a couple classes a day, doing three one-on-ones in a day, and then maybe filming content, like I go home and I just, I'm dead. You know, I'm just ready to just go and throw up on the couch and just hang out and, until the next day, you know? So, I mean, it, 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 it definitely has its toll, but it's very rewarding over there, you know? You. You touched upon, and, and I got to about this too, the cameras on you, having the workouts, you're filming the app for the app. 
And everyone knows that, you know, there's the red light. And when the red light's on, you got to be a little bit more at all times, a little more up, a little more amped. Because yeah. uh, why am I going to go watch the app instead of sitting here or sitting in front of some boring instructor at my local, you know, YMCA? There's got to be a reason to tune mm-hmm. in. There's got to be that spark, the sizzle. You're doing that three times a day. You've got the camera on you for all kinds of other reasons. That's physically exhausting without even adding the positions because you're an entertainer. You're a singer. I've been an entertainer and comedian and radio. It is a physical mm-hmm. chore sometimes to be on like that, that people don't realize. Add the positions and everything, um, and you're, you're creating a whole different animal, something that doesn't get done regularly, especially when you're doing those workouts in between. And you got certified at a time where you didn't think you were gonna, uh, ready to be certified personally. And I know from talking to you, having uh, several conversations, it was uncomfortable for you to be not just in front of a class or a camera, doing the workouts and as somebody myself who has a, uh, in, a bad case of imposter syndrome where I've done, mm-hmm. I've been nominated for awards, you know, in my field in radio and broadcasting, mm-hmm. but I always felt like I was pulling the wool over everyone's eyes. I'm like, they actually think I'm good, but I always had that self-confidence issue talking with you. Right. I know that was a big deal in your early certification process. You didn't feel like you deserved to be in the spot and you weren't ready to be in the spot when everyone else was encouraging you and telling you you were doing a great job. So talk about that for a minute, and then tell us how it evolved over time since the last time I talked to you about it. Um, well, to be completely honest and candid and everything like that, the the self-confidence thing, it'll always kind of be there. I feel like, um, yeah. you know, starting from day one and everything like that to leading up to now, it's definitely got better. You know, it's definitely uh, helped out a lot, but I feel like it's always going to be there for me. Um, and, I, and again, it's, it's not like there's just this formula or reason why, but um, yeah, I, I feel like in the time um, where, you know, it was Christina Russell, it was Stevie Richards and it was Hayden Walden. You have the three of those people among all the other instructors that are great and everything like that. But those are the three people that really, everyone's like, you should be an instructor. Yeah, that's great. You should be an instructor. You know, that's great. But then you have the three of them really saying, you can do this. We know you can. Really believing in me. Really believing in me more than I believed in myself at the time. And when you have those three as your mentors, I mean, you know, plus working for Dallas, like it's a no brainer. Every, anyone who's in certification or was an instructor, they would love to have that opportunity to have those people there for you. And so yeah. to be able to pick the brains, to be able to, you know, if I had insecurities, if I had questions or anything like that, man, they were all up there, you know, they were all willing to help out and everything. So by the time it came for me to do it and it's just like, and again, it's a different process. I, you know, we're doing this DDPY lab at the PC right now. So we're, you know, King King Warren, who came over and took the director position, he's doing a lot of things to shake things up in a really good way. And he came up with this brilliant idea uh, to really help out the local people that are in certification training to really kind of – it's kind of like what I was given, but now it's just like that we can and, – and, and in turn, like myself, King, and Nitra – I feel like we're all becoming better instructors by becoming the, the the teachers now, you know, I mean, we've done, we've been mentors for other people as they go through their certification, but man, we're doing a lot of hands-on stuff lately. And 
to get that to, and it's, it's for me, it's like with this whole company, it definitely is a pay it forward. Dallas paid it forward to me. I have to pay it forward to other people because that's how, that's how it works. And, you know, yep. I, I just feel like right now I, I'm, I'm, at, I'm, I believe I'm at three and a half years now of being an instructor. And I tell you what, I tell all these new, you know, people getting certified the first three or four months teaching at the PC, I sucked. Like I was terrible. And I, and there are some clientele people who have been there from the beginning. <laughs> like there's a couple people that are like, yeah, it was pretty rough, you know, I mean, you know, and and it was just, it was learning pain. So I feel like what we're doing with them now, we're giving them a way, I don't want to say easier, but we're giving them a better opportunity as to where it's like, Garrett, you're going to be teaching these classes and hope you start getting better at it, you know? And so it was a little tougher for me because everyone goes, oh, well, you've done the workout for a long time and everything like that. It should be easy. It's definitely not. When you have to start going on the opposite side and looking at the lefts and rights when you call, the breathing, to make sure you're reading the room and everything like that, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of responsibility that when people who do the workouts all the time, they're like, I think it'd be pretty easy. But once they go in there and they start going, oh, wow, there is a lot more to it. To where now it's like I can always do things to make myself a better instructor. There, I'm always going to try to learn more and everything like that, try to make things different, try to make things, you know, more enjoyable for the clientele and everything like that. So it's just one of those things that you just hopefully people will always want to learn, you know, continue to learn. And that's where it's just like now I feel like I'm starting to get comfortable, starting to get comfortable. You know, and I, I think a lot of it is when you have people, whether it's email messaging or anything like that, or people talking to you at the PC where they're just like, you know, I like following you because you're the everyman. You're still on your journey. We want to work out for you because you work out with us. You're not one of the, you know, beautiful people and everything like that. You, you're a real person. Not to discredit anyone else that – has made it to their goals and everything like that. But I, I think I understand where they're coming from. So I think that may, hearing those time and time again, that's like, okay, wow, I do impact people, even though I'm not at the end of my journey. And even though I go on roller coasters up and down, up and down all the time, but I guess it's enough to where it resonates with people that they want to follow me, you know, so, which I think is really cool. Yeah. You're relatable. That that's what I'm told. I think you're that's I think I'm you're told. beautiful. <laughs> Thanks, babe. I think I think you're one of the beautiful people. No, but you know, you and I talked about that too, and, and it's so funny because, you know, especially in an industry, and, and we know the DDPY is for everyone, and we have a, such a huge array of people who do the program. But you know, I I was in the same boat as you. We talked about this doing the show. I'm like. I'm the guy that's constantly been up and down, up and down, fluctuating. I'm, I struggle with my, my weight. I struggle with my motivation. I struggle with my stuff on a daily basis. I'm constantly in the trenches. Even when I'm doing well, it doesn't come easy to me. It's a battle. It's something I fight every day. And when I was asked to join the show, it was Robert, myself, and Stacy, and uh, DDP were the, the, the co-hosts. Robert, I don't, you know, he turns sideways and he disappears. You know, Crystal mm-hmm. is just like this. I mean, uh, sorry, Stacy is this magnificent like a, uh, you know, success story. And then there's DDP who's just an anomaly. So I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, I, who am I to sit here and tell people how to 
you know, what to do or give people advice when I'm can't even take my own advice sometimes. And I realized, and, and you know, I talked about this over dinner in, in Winston Salem, how much of an asset mm-hmm. people look to somebody who isn't the, 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 the finished product. You know, there's people who can right. write yep. stations, people to be can write to Robert or DDP, but there's a whole lot of people who relate to the guy who's constantly battling or is constantly fighting. And cause it's not easy. And for guys like you and I, who've been weight problems our whole lives, that battle doesn't go away when we get, you know, when we lose weight, we got battle doesn't get away, go away when we get fit because we're just one life turn away from it all coming back at any time. It's a battle. And yeah. I realized that I'm the guy who's fighting every day. Still, I'm the guy that you can relate to in this show that is not mm-hmm. going to have a great week every week. And there's a lot of stock for people to have someone to relate to like that. And that's you. And, and the fact that you're doing well right now, myself included, I am inspired by you because I see myself in you and a lot of people see themselves yep. in you and they look at you and they say, hell yeah, that's one of us. So that is that guy. He's kicking ass right now. And we feel it when you, uh, when you succeed as well. Yeah. And I, and, and that's the thing, Mike, is I, you're one of those guys that I wish we lived closer together because I feel like we should be, we would be hanging out all the time, whether it was creatively, whether it's just, for laughs, whether it's for motivation or anything like that, because in the very limited amount of times that we've talked and met up and everything like that, it's just like, damn. And I'm, I've, I'm, I got to get on Katie now because like, I, we, I have yeah. to get you to the PC. I have to get you to Georgia. You know, it's got to happen. <laughs> uh, I know. I know. I just, we, we, we got to plan something to get down there because it will, it would be, a, it would be a blast, but yeah. you know, and, and it's cool though too because I've met guys like you and I like Josh McAdoo. Despite all the shit that I give him, I talk to him so many times a week, and it's absurd that I've never even stood in the same room with him. I'm not the kind of guy that forms online friendships. I don't trust them. I've watched too many weird Dateline episodes or 2020 episodes right. to right, trust right. anybody over the internet. But like I've gained like friendships with Josh, and then. I've met Hayden, of course, but, uh, you know, Hayden and, and Adam Metter, these people in my lives that I consider close friends, it's weird to me that I've never stood in the same room with them and consider them such close people. It's it's odd because in this community, you know, we've, we've, we've grown w- with each other. We all came in around the same time. And so those people yeah. who come in together, whether it's our generation or later generations, they interact a lot at first and they feel invested in each other's journey. Uh, whether they drift or whether they stay or whatnot, there's always part of you that kind of connects to those people. And I tell people all the time, if I wanted to avoid DDPY for a year, it would be impossible because I open up Facebook or Twitter or anything. And all these DDPY people are all over my place, giving me inspiration or or, or positivity or whatever it may be, or just a random text from Josh McAdoo complaining about something of his Funko pop. (laughs) (laughs) But no, it's so cool. And I feel like there's so many like-minded people that you're able to group up and find people in your circle that can really fire you up. Yeah. It, it's, it's crazy because there are, you know, tens of thousands of people in the, in the community or anything like that. But like, man, that circle that I have, it, I mean, it is, it's we're thick as thieves, you know, like there's, there's, there's a texting group with Dylan Metter, Caden, McAdoo, and Orth, and I mean, the the support, it it is the most, 
ask backwards group because if people need to rally, if people need support, man, we are there. But if people, I mean, man, some of the texting that goes on, is just like, Oh, we cannot ever run for any kind of, you know, political office or anything like that. If these, if these uh, transcripts got back out, you know, but it's just like, and we all say, we all say we're all a holes with hearts of gold. That's what I mean. And, and I go, I can't think of a better description because we're all terrible people, but man, if like an old lady fell walking across the street, we will jump over to help her out. But like within us and everything like that, we will throw each other under the bus all the time. But that, that's just how we are, you know? And poor Christina, Christina will get dragged in and she's just like, I, I, you know, she's one of the guys anyway. So, and she can hang, she can definitely hang with us and everything. So, you know, well, I, I, I have a feeling that 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 group chat is going to become evidence one of these days. It's going to be <laughs> sitting on locker. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, <laughs> and whatever happens, it was Josh McAdoo's fault. Let's just leave it at that. It's what? always it's and I, I I now the game is trying to say what his last name is because we always say Macadont, Macahoo, <laughs> Macadoo. You know, no, yeah. Man. I have. I have never once, and, and I take great pride in this, I have never once spelled his name correctly when writing it on Facebook or any document. I take pride in misspelling his way his name in the most absurd ways possible. I talked about this last week with Roger on our show. We had Roger on our show last week, so I appreciate the, yeah. the thoughts and prayers and condolences. But I said there's nothing more undercutting than having somebody in your life that you know so well but don't spell their name right. There's just something hilarious about that to me. And I take oh, it's great amazing. pleasure in consistently misspelling it. Oh, can you? Can I give you one more of his names that Dylan came up with that I thought was brilliant that I want you to use for him now? Is uh, Markadu? Markadu. <laughs> Markadu. Oh, I love it. See, oh. that, the thing is, I'm running out of ends of sentences because I would go like Macadu a little diddy dum diddy do. Like I'd go like all out, like put like a 30 minute <laughs> sentence or like Maca, you know. Maca, you know, Maca, don't, uh, whatever, it's like these long phrases, but I put it all as one word, so it spells out like a song lyric that ended with the word, but now I'm just running out, so if you guys have any good ways of uh, able to make fun of uh, Josh McAdoo, make sure you hit me up at uh, Mikey90% on Twitter and give me your best submissions to make fun of Josh McAdoo's name. Perfect. Good Lord. For the record, um, I am not a part of this. <laughs> yeah, we we should have like a, d- a disclaimer at the beginning of every episode. This uh, this show does not reflect the views of Crystal Stewart and anyone in the DPI. <laughs> and the rest of Canada. Yeah. Yeah. And the rest of Canada. So I, I got to talk to you because, like I said, we mentioned it last week when, when Roger was on the show, but you uh, recently went away to the GDPY Rock and Rager cruise, which I do not do cruises. I do not do boats. Mullins don't float. We'll just put that out there right now. But ah. if I was going to go on a cruise, uh, it would be uh, the Rock and Rager. How was that? Was it a fun time, man? It was It was amazing. Um you know, it's been since 1997 since I've been on a cruise. Uh, my parents took me on an Alaskan cruise. And I had a blast. Um, so it's been a while. So, um, and it's a, it's the second year. So it was an amazing experience. And again, I didn't realize how many DDPY people were going to be on that boat, but there were a lot of people on there. Um, 
Uh, Nathan Mallory ended up going with me uh, at the last minute. But honestly, I didn't get to hang out with him until the last day because when he went on, we were going to easily say this was not going to be a vacation for him because not only did he have a list of things to shoot per Chris Jericho, but he had a list of things to shoot per AEW, and he had a list of things to shoot per Dallas. So he was running around like a madman. Um, You know, and so, again, I I got to meet a lot of people that were DDP yoga people that I'd never met before, maybe heard their names, um, you know, seen them on social media and everything like that. But um, I got to see the Geelands, hung out with them for a while, got to see Sarah Fortune, um, got to see Christina Ann. So there, there were there were a handful of people. I, I think the coolest thing, though, is that because I went with Nathan and because I feel like, you know, um, I guess it's no secret that we do a lot of work with AEW. Um, and um, I, I was a little concerned because the, the majority of the people that I knew were the talent. But um, Mark Willis made sure that I got a talent badge. So it was – my opinion of the cruise was he was what do you think of the cruise i go well you guys treated me like family on there so it's like i had all access to walk around with that badge so it was really cool because then i got to hang out with people that you know i didn't think that and actually i think the really cool thing about that cruise is how accessible people were now some people you know i mean a little bit more private than others as far as the talent and everything i go but for the most part you know they'd be in the casino they'd be at shows and everything like that they're always taking pictures with people and signing autographs and stuff like that. So I, it was a really good time. And I just feel like when you have a cruise where a cruise ship, where you're not splitting the boat, all 2,500 people were there on that boat for Jericho's cruise. So I think it was great to just be able to walk everywhere. And it was all the same type of people. Um, I wanted to really take the time to say, congratulations. Your Mr. Fuji outfit was perfect. Oh, thank you. Um, I think I easily took over 40 pictures with people that were walking around because I, I, the people that I popped for were all the old school people. There was a guy that did Kamala to perfection. And then when he saw me, he gave me a big hug. He's like, Oh my God. And I think the best part was I rented a tux for men's warehouse for that week just so that I can go on the cruise with this tux. And I had a full beard and I grew, I I had my, it was my gross, just raggedy beard. And then that night I shaved it down to the kind of the Fu Manchu. So when I, when I saw like Gabriel Iglesias, well, you know, I mean, he's friends with Dallas, so I've known him over the years and he came up to me, he goes, Oh my God. He goes, you even shaved your facial hair. I'm like, yep. So yeah, I think it was really cool. And actually a really cool story is, I told everyone that when I had the talent badge, I was able to be in the, in the, you know, they had the AEW dynamite taping, you know, when we were in Nassau while we were docked, but throughout the, the trip, they had a bunch of dark matches where they just go out and nothing's filmed. So they're able to have a little bit more fun with the crowd and everything like that. Joey, Joey Janela sees my outfit, comes up, he goes, Oh my God. And comes up and bows. He looks over at Tony Khan and goes, Hey, Tony, can Mr. Fuji walk out to the ring with me? And Tony's like, absolutely not. And he goes, come on, come on. He can just walk out to the ring with me. And he's like, he's not under contract. So he goes, well, I tried. Gave me a high five, and he walked back out. But the, And then Tony came over and talked to me. 
and he wasn't mean about it. I, I understood his position that I just, you know, not, someone that's under contract should not be near the ring or anything like that. So, but I just, I'm serious. it was, it was really cool for people to just like, Oh my God, that's amazing. So, I mean, and again, you guys know when it comes to my live workouts or when it comes to just seeing a birthday workout or something like that, I, I dress, I, I always say that it's what, 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 what do I always say? It's, it's entertainment over integrity and comfort for me when it comes yeah. to those kind of outfits and everything like that. So there's so many things I wear on that stage where I'm just like, you're an idiot. Like you, you should probably, <laughs> you should be passing out because you're so exhausted in that thing or wearing like my a league of their own skirt. And that, whoever was on stage behind me just got the worst view. You know, it's just like, <laughs> so. Uh, well, you know, there's one thing, there's uh that's the ultimate confidence you know you got all this uh, you know you, you, we all have confidence issues on some level and whether you're doing it to kind of you know make up for your uh, lack of confidence other places or whether it just comes naturally you're willing to put yourself out for there for just the fun of everyone like that's a cool thing and that's a confidence in itself and, and a lot of people take themselves way too seriously to do something like that and there's you know, I don't have time for that. Like I have, I don't have, like, you gotta be able to have fun. You gotta be able to poke fun at yourself. If you're willing to laugh at someone else's gag, you gotta be able to laugh at yourself. And and I think that you're, you're a great sport when it comes to that, because you are talented and you're super talented and you're out there and you're fun. And, um, you know, you're so good at so many different things. I think if you channeled that into one place, we'd lose you. So don't do that. You'd go superstar syndrome on us. You'd do, take yeah. off to like <laughs> mega levels. So keep spreading yourself out because we want to keep you. Yeah, keep, keep spreading myself thin. That's what I'll – yeah. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Be, be too tired. Be too tired and spread thin to think about maybe going elsewhere. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Be too tired. Uh, no problem. I, I've nailed that. <laughs> Uh, well, speaking of which, we're going to let you roll in just a second. Uh, I know how valuable uh, off time is for you, so uh, we appreciate you taking the time and appreciate the fact that you actually were able to come on with us, especially uh, having such a crazy week with the cruise and all that fun stuff. So uh, it's been fun. And i got to tell you real quick, I, we I love – you know, jabbing back and forth with you and Josh and, and Tony and everyone on, on, on Facebook. There are times where I'll write something to you on Facebook thing is a joke. And I'm like, Ugh, I may have been a little too stiff with that. I may have been a little bit too hard, but I always get the ultimate comfort when the first person to like whatever thing I've gone over the top is Annie Sakahara. I'm like, all right, she likes it. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> so I love your mom. It's amazing. By the way. Right. Annie Sakahara <laughs> is a saint. And, and the yes, thing is, is. it's great. And, and the thing it's funny is that she's just like, I'm getting so many friend requests just because they're like, you're Garrett's mom. And I'm like, she goes, do I accept it? I'm like, oh, it's up to you. I mean, you know, but then I should tell the other people who, when she does accept the friend request, that my mom is the share queen of Facebook. So if there's something that she likes, <laughs> she'll share it. I told her you don't get commission or monetary compensation by sharing every post. And so she's like, no, I get it. So, and then it's big news. Oh. Ron Sakahara finally caved in and finally got Facebook like a month or two ago. Yes. And, you know, so yep. it's just like RSAC is, is, is live on the, on the book. So 
and and she oh, got no. his heart too to follow up that original story. He had that heart transplant several years ago. I remember his dad, your dad, and my dad were getting like a similar transplant surgeries, different organ around the same time. Yeah. And I know that it was it, that's really really hard, especially when you're moving away for a little bit. Um, and we're yeah. so glad uh, he got that done, and it's, uh, he's he's doing well, right? Yeah, he's. I mean, it's crazy how well he's doing, you know, and like he just turned, uh, he's coming up on his 76th birthday. And, you know, when people ask him, how old are you? He back in the day, he'd go, oh, I'm 29 because he got like a 29 year old heart. So then he's like, I want to start riding roller coasters and everything. And I'm just, we're just like, this, this calm down. Let's, let's just not, I mean, sure you probably could, but let's, let's not do that. But, you know, I, I think, and then coming full circle and everything like that, you know, I, I, I always wanted to make sure that I reached out to you just because, I know it was such a hard time for you in the last couple of months and everything like that, because I knew exactly what you were going through. And, you know, I, I'm always one of those people where it's just like, I want to send love and prayers and thoughts and everything like that. But then also I always have that thing where I always stay reserved and back because there's always that overwhelming feeling of getting too much, you know? So it's just like, I always wanted to have that good balance with you, but I, you know, it was like, I, I had nothing but love for the Mullins family for those months and everything like that. Oh, I appreciate it, man. And and I totally get you get where you're at too. Like, you know, and, and it is appreciative because some people handle it differently. Some people need the surrounding of friends and some people need a little space and it's really hard to kind of to gauge that. And, you know, I, I'm a little bit of both worlds, so I appreciate that. And I appreciate everyone who reached out. It was, it was overwhelming, but uh, you know, yeah. we, you know, in our little group here, you know, I consider Hayden and yourself and myself and, you know, Adam has had some things like we've, all of us have had some hardships and it's good to know that people like you guys and, and, and Crystal, of course, are in the trenches with you. And, you know, we, we, we got some cool people here and uh, really decent people that I know for a fact that I could count on if I needed them. So that's, that, that's pretty amazing. And, uh, I appreciate you coming on with us and I appreciate you, uh, checking in with us again and uh i do consider you one of my great friends and i do consider you uh one of those guys that i know i could turn to if uh, if i needed a helping hand so i appreciate that absolutely my my pleasure and, and i love you things. oh and i love you more oh you're so sweet oh <laughs> uh. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> See, this is the part where Mullins needs to leave. I can just, I can just talk to Crystal all night. Just get out of here, Mike. Right. Go to the bathroom. Yeah. We'll see you guys later. <laughs> <That's a bitch. laughs> uh, no, no, just make sure I turn my hot, my hot mic off because that won't be good radio. <laughs> or could be good radio. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, we're going to give the last word to Crystal anyways, because she always wraps us up here with a pretty awesome quote uh, from the Canadian mm-hmm. quote master herself. But uh, thank you, Garrett, for, for coming on with us. And, and Crystal, let's take us home with some inspiration to get us through the next week. Absolutely. Um, love you, Garrett. Um, this one is from Kobe Bryant, who we all know um, passed away this week. Mm-hmm. So I figured it would be a good uh, tribute to have. Um and the quote is, haters are a good problem to have. Nobody hates the good ones. They hate the great ones. Wow. I dig it. I love it. And uh, yeah. it's a perfect, perfect. And being from Los Angeles, I'm sure you're, you guys are entrenched in Kobe country. So that was a, a pretty great tragedy this week. Well, let me. can I be honest with you? Yeah. Sure. I would. 
I was notoriously a Kobe hater, and I wasn't that big of a fan of the Lakers. Only because, so, only because I always follow really terrible teams. I am not good at picking sports teams, but I'm loyal <laughs> to a fault. So Kobe would always light up my teams all the time. I mean, and it's like one of those things where, like, I never denied the fact that he's one of the greatest NBA players of all time. But at the same time, it's just like, man, he's that guy that you love to hate. You know, he's like when yep. when Spike, you know, when Spike Lee's on the sideline and he's making fun of, like, you know, talking trash to, like, Reggie Miller and everything like that. Does he hate him? No. It's for the competitiveness of it and everything like that. But it's just like when you hear that news, how young he is. The fact that I'm older yeah. than him, it, it kind of blows me away. And then then you hear all the stories, all the accounts of how amazing he was, the charities and all the contributions that he did outside that he didn't want people to know about. He wanted to do anonymously. And it's just like, and again, it's just like, first and foremost, a family man, a father, a husband and everything like that. It's like, Oh, so terrible. But for that, for him, his daughter, and you know, this what seven or eight others that were on that plane or on that helicopter. Yeah. It, it was very tragic. And uh, yeah. Crystal, make sure you lab- label this uh, episode uh, "Garrett buries Kobe Bryant for a couple minutes" because uh, that'll yeah. get us So wow. <laughs> wow! You just you just you spent the first two minutes just shitting on Kobe Bryant and then be like, "But he's a good player." And, no, I'm just kidding. Like, beat the hell out of this, Crystal. We're getting some hits. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, I understand what you mean. It's hard to to really really dig somebody that's beating up your team all the time. I get it. I'm just I'm just fooling. Right, right. But no, no, you know that's a, and that's the true testament too with all with all the fame and money. Like uh, there's only so much you can stock away when you're somebody that famous. And to do like the charity is the way you pay it back. And and I know that you know a lot of people were were affected by that and a lot of people were uh, affected by his generosity and it's a tragedy as well mm-hmm. so i was just giving you a hard time man i'm just i'm just kidding but yeah, uh yeah. anyways <laughs> um uh well what a weird way to wrap up the episode <laughs> but, uh, i wouldn't expect anything less um there right. we go Jake Garrett giving us a tender a moment of of, of uh, and i just had to ruin it anyways all right We'll sign off now. I'm going to see how much more awkward I can make this in the three minutes remaining. All right, we'll talk to you guys later. Brand new episode of DDP Radio is live next week. Uh, DDPRadio.com. Send your uh, complaints to hashtag cancel Garrett Sagahara, and uh, we will be back <laughs> next week with a brand new episode of DDP Radio. Thank you, brother. We appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you, Crystal. Thank you, Garrett. Uh, Thank we'll you. see you guys next week. Talk to you guys later. Oh, this is ridiculous. <laughs> all right. Remember, never ever give up. DDP Radio Live. That's all I got to say about that. We'll see you guys later. I checked it today, man. That was a great workout, man. The power bomb set up by Page. Oh! He's in a diamond cutter. I don't believe it. Diamond cutter out of the power bomb. We're going home. You've been listening to DDP Radio. Tune in again next week for another edition of DDP Radio with more great guests, inspiration, and news from Diamond Dallas Page and Team DDP Yoga. Keep up all the great work, and most importantly, own your life. This has been a presentation of DDP Yoga and Blog Talk Radio. Hashtag cancel Garrett Sakahara. <laughs>